0: Welcome to the Dance to Oneness podcast. My name is Amy Shine and I'm inviting you to discover and explore the many different paths to more possibilities. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dance to Oneness podcast. Um, we're episode 20 and today's show is called Recovery of You with my good Irish friend, Sue Cotter, who's here with me today. And Sue Cotter has recently become um, a Right Recovery for You facilitator and she's also an Access Consciousness facilitator. I also called her an Energy Wizard And a forest queen because she lives in the forest in Ireland and she talks to trees and she's very magical. And today I have her on the show and really just to talk about recovery and um, what is
1: recovery for you, Sue? So welcome. Hi, (laughs) I'm so delighted to be here. Dance to Oneness podcast. I love it. Um, Yeah, recovery for me, really for me it's like any place where um you cut parts and pieces of you off whether it be you know in um I know for me as young as being like in school I remember maybe I was too much so I would have you know stopped parts of me my personality who I who I was because I was too much so that I wouldn't make other people uncomfortable teachers nuns whoever that was I also see where, you know, recovery of you is, can be, you know, after a relationship breakup. You know, sometimes when we get together and it becomes, you know, two becomes one. And it's like, you know, where we do everything together and, you know, then maybe it moves on to kids. And, and this is another part of it, recovering you after having children. There's so many and most people will hear recovery of you, and they'll go straight to drink, drugs, sex, gambling, food, and judgment, whatever that is. And um, there's so much more them too, and there's so much more. But it's really about discovering the parts of you that maybe got lost within a relationship, or like you know, maybe you, maybe someone died, maybe like it was a parent died, or you a loss of a child. You know, and it was, it's just really for me, it's about recovering those parts and pieces of you that maybe you don't feel together. And it's just about exploring that and discovering and also discovering maybe what you like in that moment. Maybe it's not like what you loved at five that now you like again at 45. It's like discovering the new things that you actually are like now because we we change all the time. So it's about, like, what is it that I actually like now, you know?
0: I love that. We also have, it's funny, just as we got on, uh, our, t- our other two Irish friends are here, Rachel and Cindy, in the chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting, like, we both grew up in Ireland, and, you know, Irish people are associated with drinking, and we are a big drinking culture. And um, there is a lot of, like, I suppose, addiction in Ireland, like there is anywhere. So, like, did how how was how did addiction like affect you growing up
1: for me um the home that i lived in with my mother and father i'm the youngest of seven so there was nine of us in a terraced house which meant that it wasn't semi-detached or detached it was a three bed house with nine of us um, and my my nan lived with us as well right so she actually had her own room i don't even know how that got managed but she had her own room And, like, my father was an alcoholic from a very young age. And when we were all living together, it was always that energy of waiting for the next trauma, waiting for the next argument, like waiting for the next, you know, fight or, you know, something went missing from the house. It was always being on guard, you know, always ready to you know for me I suppose I would have escaped being out playing so I would have been out playing all the time um and I suppose for for me like even going to school people would have known because we came from a very small area so where everybody knew everybody and everyone was kind of going to the same school so people would have known who I was and who my father was and I suppose that was that was something that um, I was very much aware of, how people would receive me and how they would when they would meet me, I was really aware of where I would try to hide that this was going on, and I would be the clown and try and make everyone laugh, but they actually knew it, and they would show me that energy when they met me. Oh, that's the girl that her father gets arrested all the time or <laughs> the police come to their house all the time like seven nights a week or whatever and that's where that energy started to come in where I started to perform mm. I started to become like maybe the joker to actually hide what was going on yeah and it's like I mean it, it
0: doesn't matter what kind of home you grew up in it's like we all take on these roles of like which coping mechanisms right you know, we talk a lot in Right Recovery for You about coping mechanisms. And that's really what addiction is. Like, whether it's, like you said, relationship, being a mother, like, overmothering your kids, you know, totally. eating, drinking. It's all these coping mechanisms we use to deal,
1: like, with all our awareness in the world. And totally. And the fitting in part as well, you know? It's like, you know, like, really, how many people... Do you know that said to you, oh my God, Amy, show me how different you are? When <laughs> you were show me all the things you can do different. And I know where I grew up, it was a lot of, you know, if somebody saw a child with a pair of shoes, they would bring their child in to get the pair of shoes so that they'd all have the same in the terrace, you know, so that nobody got to be above anyone else. Everybody had to have the same shoes or, you know, the same. But yet it was so different to how, like, me growing up in a home where this was going on. And if I got a new pair of shoes, the friend up the road, her mother would go and buy her the same shoes as me. It was so interesting how that shows up. I was like, why would somebody want to be like me, you know? And I was trying to get away from me.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And that, that's actually a, a common thing in Ireland where you're actually mm-hmm. really all supposed to stay the same. And it's very yeah. much like if you get too different, too too big, too out of the box, you're very quickly like told, you know, you're wrong for that. Who do you yeah. think you are? You know yeah. you think you're above everyone else. So, um, and I know a lot of cultures are like that, not just Ireland, but for us growing up in Ireland, that's a very
1: big energy yeah.
0: we, we live with.
1: Yeah, totally. And you don't like it's like I knew as a as a young child that I was very different. I mean, at a very young age, even when my my nan died, I knew that I was still communicating with her when she had left. Right. That wasn't weird to me, but I was aware that it wasn't something that I was going to say out in the street. Right. It wasn't really a weird thing in my house either, because we had this kind of like it was okay for us to be very witchy in the house or, you know, kind of talk about those stories, the Irish old stories. And that was all okay to talk about that. And there was also that energy of that. If you were willing to actually stand out. That wasn't a good thing. So you really had to, like, make sure that you didn't stand out. And not standing out from I'm better, but standing out from the difference that you be or something that you can actually do with your body that maybe somebody else can't do. But like there was no like, oh, my God, you can do that. You know, so therefore I see like from young ages, we start to cut off the parts and pieces and the talents, abilities and capacities that we have because it's not received. And that's where now I'm at 45, I'm, I'm starting to discover these talents and capacities. One of them is that I can actually, like, I can talk, right? And like most of, and I'm really aware, most of my life, I probably would have been trying to stop talking because in school, I was caught mouth of the south. Oh. So that label stuck to me, right? <laughs> But that label stuck to me, but now I'm actually looking at it going, Hmm, what if I was the mouth of the south? I wonder what we could create here, you know? Yeah, no,
0: like, How did that's brilliant work? And um, where we're from in Ireland, we're both from like um, the southern, the most southern part of Ireland, south like Cork, which is down south, so that's so why she was called the mouth of the south. She's Mouth <laughs> of the county she was from. <laughs> And so that's so amazing. Like you would take that as a wrongness as a child, yeah. you know, like that you're you were being too much, and you know you were you were like probably also like taking attention from other people, which is never good either, you know. And yeah. um, you're and then but now if you look at it like yeah, you actually have a lot of really great things to say, you know. But if you're yeah. willing to
1: be the loudest voice, well, that's it. I love that. What if you're willing to be the loudest voice? And actually, Amy, that's interesting that you say that. Right. So. What I've really learned in the last few years, because I started this seeking journey, I don't even know what you call it, just like finding out more about me probably in the last seven, eight years, nine years maybe. And now I really get how it doesn't actually have to be verbal. Like you, you being the loudest energy in the room, you don't actually have to speak. But you being you, and your energy and your potency and your magic and actually being you can actually be as loud as anything yeah you know I love that yeah definitely and like so how just to
0: like track back a bit like how did addiction like start showing up for you like what ways because I think um there's so many myths around addiction and recovery and I'd really like to maybe just address a small of it today and I think yeah. you and me are going to have to, you know, we're going to see that a lot in facilitating right recovery for you classes is that yeah. there is a lot of um, like people have already defined what addiction is and they've already decided what recovery is. And like a lot of people do, well, oh, that doesn't apply to me, you know, yeah. but like actually it does. It applies to everyone because if you totally. live in this world, you, you, you absolutely, know, you've dealt absolutely. with it, you, there's, it has shown up in some way. So what are the ways like that they've shown up for you that might not be obvious to like someone else?
1: Well, it's interesting because I suppose one that is a one that's very much around this whole globe is where people are addicted to judging their bodies. Right. And that one is actually where it's become so normal that people actually truly believe that that is how you create your body. That is how you actually, hang on, that is how you live in your body. That's the way it's done. Judgment is the way you live for the rest of your life, judging your body. I'm too thin, I'm too fat, I shouldn't eat the pizza. I'll put up weight, there's too many calories in it. Oh my God, look at my hips. Somebody said when you were younger, you're very like your father's people. Oh my God, I've created my body exactly like my father's people. Yeah, sure, I am like my father's people. Right.
0: So do people become addicted to judging their bodies?
1: Totally. I mean, like, actually, like, really, if we're brought up in a world where you're not seen as your difference and actually received as your difference, but yet you're constantly told, look at such and such a person up the road. Oh, my God, isn't she beautiful? How much do we take that on as young kids? Oh, I must look like that. Comparison. Oh, my body. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Oh, so is comparing yourself to others an addiction?
1: Totally. Comparing (sighs) yourself to others. I know. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, totally. And comparing yourself to others. And also, what if that was just about you not acknowledging you and the difference that you be, your uniqueness, right? Because we wouldn't actually compare ourselves to other people if we got to know who we really are. And if we got to actually receive ourselves and the difference that we be, like the bum that I have is different to the bum you have. Right. Like the boobs I have are different to your boobs. And it's like, what if for like and it's okay if you wish to change them, it's okay if you wish to have a different size, you know, booty or whatever that is. But what if we didn't have to judge ourselves into existence with our bodies? You know, what if we didn't have to poke at ourselves, judge ourselves, you know, the litany of judgment, the stretch marks on the thighs. And actually, like, I suppose one of the biggest things for me is that somebody asked me one day, would you actually speak to your child like that? And I was like, no. And for what reason would you speak to you like that? And it's like, because we're adults, we think, like, you know, should that say, like, that's just the way you do it, you know, but what if there was yeah. another way?
0: It becomes acceptable.
1: Acceptable. And it's the norm. It's the norm in this and reality. You
0: you'll even find, like, because living in Ireland, you know, when you meet people, like, that's, you know, that's how they relate to each other, you know? It's like, the, are sure, like, yeah, I put on all those. Now, the new thing, you know, I hear my mother, yeah, I have the COVID pounds. I have the COVID oh. pounds on you know, my mother's tiny, like, you know, so it's like, like, but it becomes that, like, that's that conversation, like that you, you relate to other people. That's how you talk to each other, you know? Um, And, and, and so, um, it's actually becomes just like a, an unconscious thing. Like people aren't even conscious that they're doing it. And what, like, what other ways, like, what, like, is there any other kind of stuff that showed up for you where you didn't even realize that you were like where you were actually in a way addicted,
1: well, I suppose another one would have been food, another yeah. one that I actually am like and I won't even say challenged with it, I am really discovering me and my my me and food we're actually really working on that relationship, like I'm really working with like that as in i suppose really with my body asking questions, you know instead of actually like i learned that if if i got uncomfortable if i got uncomfortable in a room there was a thing that i would do that i would maybe go to somewhere maybe to get some food or i could drink the wine faster um and it would be just about to get rid of that information get rid of that awareness cuz when you're really aware like everybody is aware And it's like how much when you get some information and your body is receiving information all of the time. So if you're receiving information and if it's something that maybe when you were younger, it was like maybe something that you were told not to acknowledge that or it didn't happen you know, something maybe if there was like a tense energy in the house and you come into the house and you're like, oh my God, what's that? Is there something going on? And then maybe your mother or your father, your sister, your brother or whoever, Uncle Johnny says, no, nothing. And if there had been a big, huge fight in the house before that, right, then you grow up and you start walking into rooms and there's a tense energy there. And you have now at that stage, probably through your life, you've dismissed that awareness because you got it, Maybe wrong when you were younger, so therefore you're not aware. You dismiss the awareness, and then maybe you've used something to give you a bit of comfort to take you away from that. So for me, it would have been like um, wine. Like if I was at parties, I would have drank really fast, you know, um, and the food. I would have went out to maybe the kitchen or wherever it was going on, and I would have had some food but actually I would have chosen certain foods, either really, really sweet foods or very, very creamy foods. It wouldn't have been just anything or very spicy. It would be like that would actually distract me from what was going on. So it's always been like, even now, I'm very much like in the question all of the time with my body. Not all the time now, not all the time, but like most of the time. And like when I'm not, I will become aware of it. And I will actually, you know, say to myself, "Okay, so you just chose that. There's no judging in it. But it's like, okay, what can we actually do now? What can we choose now? You know, and it's mostly asking questions and asking my body what it actually wants to eat. You know, some people think that's really weird. How do you ask your body? Your body doesn't answer you. Your body is actually like it's a sensory organ, which actually can communicate with you so well. Like, do you know when people talk about their gut, and they're like, my gut told me, or whatever way people say that, like for me, like some people get it in their belly, how much do we actually receive information in that area, and how much do we try and cut it off by eating and filling up our bellies, you know, with not even what our bodies actually really want to eat or drink. Yeah. You know?
0: And like one of the things, Sue, I know about you and me too, like we, we've we done a lot of bar access bars, which is body, it's a body process and, and other body processes from access consciousness. From the first day we met, we took a foundation class together and I think right after that, you and me would meet on a regular basis and we would trade, we would do an exchange of bars and body work um mtbss is this incredible body process that literally like allows your cells to go back to the way they were before they were like kind of almost damaged like before you grew up in the world so you almost like go back to like having that body that embodiment you had as a baby you know totally free bubbly. and joyful yeah, yeah. and you, and then you and me went and took a three day body class and we traded body processes like every week sometimes twice a week yeah sometimes more and, and i know that for me, and I, and I, I know it probably was the same for you too, I've seen it, is that that body work gifted me um, presence with my body. So I could not actually, so then when awareness would come or I'd be in an awkward position, I couldn't go and drink or overeat or smoke or do whatever addiction to try and get away from the awareness. Like I was too in my body now. You know, like, so one of the things we talk about in right Recovery for You, which I think is a massive key element, and it's missing in all the traditional um, recovery, like, methods today, you know, um, is that until you actually embody, until you have embodiment, you cannot actually recover. And that is, like, there's a really low percentage of recovery rate for AA. And I work in a treatment center here in Delray Beach and the amount of people that just are coming back. I met a guy the other day and he goes, yeah, I've been in and out since I've been 16. He's 33 right now. I'm like, wow. wow, I was like, so what you're doing hasn't been working? And he goes, no. And I was like, is it time for something different? He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah. But like mm-hmm. the, none of them are taught about embodiment. Nobody is introduced to body work. Nobody's introduced to tools that actually gets them in their body. Um, and so, what like where have you seen that like gift like where have you seen that you know?
1: Well, I love like I love what you're talking about here because the, the one that I had um, spoken to yesterday on um, a call that I had with some people, and it was like when you connect to your body, all addiction falls away. Boom. Like it, it it like it's and it's it's something Marilyn Bradford talked about on a recent recovery of you class. It's like when you are communicating with your body when you're connected to your body when let's actually let's rewind there when you even know you're in a body that's the beginning because a lot of people that are in addiction or have maybe some trauma in their lives or you know something going on in their lives like maybe and a lot of shows up with PTSD as well post-traumatic stress disorder maybe after an accident or a death or whatever like a lot of the times we can actually leave our bodies, as in we we may actually make something outside of us the source of giving us that comfort. And then we come away from the source, which is our bodies, us, and we step outside that, and then we may run to judgment, drink, you know, um, maybe a traumatic, like, I don't know, like whatever that is, like, I, I don't even know how to word that, like, upset right? That upset in your life when it comes to everything, you know? And I know that when we do connect to our bodies, we it's like Rachel O'Brien, she said it. She said it a couple of years ago. We come home. We come home. I mean, like, and we go searching everywhere for that comfort or for that caring or for that, that like, you know that that's something that will hold us, and we search outside of us for that, and then it's like you know one day you realize that it's you mm. and it's you have the you have the awareness you have the you know the the- the body the body that you're in because when you're when somebody is drinking or they're taking drugs or you know they're overeating or whatever, like look at your body is everywhere with you, right. So your body is actually involved in everything that you choose. So your body will become affected by whatever you're choosing to put into it. Now, it can be the effect of like joy, or it can be the effect of where your body starts to get sick. So like really, it's to look at what we're, and it's not just about what we're physically putting into it, but actually energetically, the thoughts the relentless judgment, you know, the paranoia. Are they talking about me? Did I do something wrong? Should I have said this? Oh my God, let's replay the conversation that I had with that girl at the party the other night. Did I say something wrong? Is she odd with me? You know, it's like, yeah, it's like that relentless, I know, because I've done it so many I know. I just
0: want to say, like, for people who who are not Irish, is she odd with me? Means, like, is she mad at me? Does she not like me? Like, did I say something to upset her? Is she odd with totally. me? <laughs> yeah. But also, and, like,
1: every culture will do that. Like,
0: yes, but that's where all addiction is rooted. All addiction stems from the judgment of you and the wrongness of you. Totally. So you can and- take away the drink, the drugs. You can, you know, you can do all the spiritual work you can do all that stuff but if you're still constantly judging yourself you're still you're still you're still addicted you're addicted to the wrongness of you
1: yeah and judgment i know a lot of people like and i said this this morning to somebody it was actually my daughter and i was like like you know you do know i said like we've talked about this i was like you do know judgment is a lie and it's like you know how real have we made judgment? How real have we made it as the as the way for us to live to exist, mm. based on judgment? And if that's a lie, then how much of our lives are we living by a lie? How much of our bodies have we created based on the lie? And you actually um, have to um, create judgment to exist
0: here. Wow. This whole reality is created from judgment. So to exist here, you have to create judgment. Oh, wow,
1: Amy. I just got yeah. that. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty because my big. My I live, and I was like, holy shit,
0: but to exist here, yeah. It's pretty big, yeah. So you actually have to give up trying to exist in this reality. Oh, wow. If you'd wow. like a different reality. And that's wow. that you know, connection point to people. You're connected when you judge you. Like, how much is... You know, your daughter is Jodie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, you know, that age where, like, what What are they all doing? They're all judging their bodies. Like, that's how they all connect to each other now, you know? Yeah. They all get together and talk about, oh, my ass is a bit big, and, like, I don't like my belly, and... Yeah, you know? totally. And, and, and now, now it's like, I want my ass big. That's what yeah. that's all oh, about now. Well, the yeah, that's screen. all going on. Yeah. yeah, I want implants to have a bigger yeah. ass. Yeah. Um, and so they like the, that they're they're connecting now t- with each other through the judgment to exist yeah. together, you know, to fit in, and that's and that's where you started this this podcast off with like recovering of you is like those places where you were being all of you, and then you told you yeah, you're being too much, and you who do you think you are, and you start cutting off parts and pieces of you to fit yeah. into like. What is acceptable here, you know to exist here you you have to judge you if you Over. didn't judge you, you would have nothing to connect to with these people.
1: well, there you go, and it's like if you oh my God, so if you didn't judge you, you'd have nothing to actually connect to with with people, so have the conversation so when we actually learn to i suppose really when we connect with our bodies and also start to trust us trust that we know i know that for me i started to get that in rooms with um you know people that actually enjoyed being around me i enjoyed being around them and um, I could be my difference they were being their difference and we laughed and we cried and we you know talked about really kind of I suppose what would be classed as maybe very serious conversations in this world but it was actually places in Cork that I actually had spaces to go there and and have that energy you were there a lot of the time Rachel O'Brien was there a lot of the time and then I started to you know allow myself to actually indulge in conversations that were I suppose they kind of attracted me and they were very different conversations but the more I started to spend time in around classes having my bars run you know receiving the access body work when I was around people that they were all receiving it too everyone was getting freer right so then we were all like oh my god yeah like and they was like the judgment was starting to decrease and lessen and lessen. But the funny thing about it was that I started to exercise that muscle in my brain that there was another possibility to be around. And then my body got happier. And then my body would remind me, hey, remember that thing we, we done before and we got really happy. Can we do that again? Now, guys, just saying my body doesn't actually like speak like that. That's me t- taking off my body. But that's the energy because I would receive in pictures a lot. So when I'd ask my body, okay, what will contribute to us right now? My body would show me bars or it would show me with somebody, somebody's hand on my body or it would show me go out and sit in the sun, receive, be in the earth, be with nature, go to the forest, you know, be with the trees, let the universe have your back, Sue, you know? And I started to trust I started to trust me that I, you know, that I knew, I knew what was, what was, you know, best for me.
0: Well, I mean, that's a massive piece alone that we, you know, could do a whole show on. But like one of the things, you know, that I would actually like to actually start talking to the world about. And even if people don't want to hear it, um, one of the biggest lies in AA is that, you know, you're powerless over alcohol. And um, wow. That's one of the biggest lies I'd like to start busting the myths of, um, because that's one of the most disempowering things you can buy. Because to say that you're powerless over um, a substance, even now talking about it, my belly's getting that fire, you know, to say that you're powerless over a substance is actually to say that um, you don't have any power and that something outside of you is more powerful than you. And then that is so then you can't ever trust you. That was a massive thing for me. Like, Sue, you remember when you met me, I spent five yeah. years in AA and I got programmed really well into, you know, that I'm powerless, that this thing is greater than me, that if I drink again, I'll drug again. And if I drink or drug again, I will fucking die or I will end up in an insa- insane <laughs> asylum. And that was really drilled into me to the point where I bought it as real. And then And then, you know, so then I never trusted me. I always, like, had to go to someone else for an answer you know hey ma'am what do you think I should do about this you know like and you met me at the start I used to be like does my body want this soon does my body want that what does my body want like I was constantly doubting myself like Mm -hmm. I did not fucking trust myself I had no trust in myself and that is you know one of the greatest invalidations of your being and your body is to not trust you you know because you're constant, if you don't trust you, you have to constantly look outside of you for someone else to tell you what's right for you.
1: Yes, yes, and yes to all of that. And I love what you just talked about, like the power, you're powerless. And even Amy, powerless over alcohol. Is that what you said? Powerless over alcohol? Yeah. Even the first word, powerless. Like what is it that you know, you've been told you're powerless over? I mean, I know there was probably a time where I actually probably thought I was powerless over um, my body. Right. As in this is who you are. That's who you are. You cannot change it. You cannot change it. So I was powerless over like it was like, do you know what it was like? It was like (laughs) I'm going to say this now. It was like that God made me. So therefore I had made God the source. Of If there was any going to be any change in my body or anything happened to my body, it was God put it there. And like, you know, there's a gift in it. You know, you have to go seek that gift. But actually, nobody told me that I was the one that was the crea- creator of my body or the creator of my life. You know, and I really love what you, you just said there about the support of your, your being. It's like, you know, how many people actually even know about that? And it's like when you say, like, your being and your body are being like who we be, actually, who we be in the world. And what if, like, that's what I really got to see was that I had people around me that supported my being. It didn't, it, it, the body stuff started to disappear. Like, my body was my image walking into the room. Oh my God, I hope everyone likes me. Do they like my hair? Oh my God, do they like what I have on? Am I with it? You know, am I on trend? You know, what way are my shoes? But actually, what I was seeking was the support of my being. And how many of us have really maybe never had that? And actually, what if you could walk into wherever it was, or you you found something that actually allowed you to start trusting you more, and something that allowed you to start connecting with your body more? And that's what the Access Bodywork and Bars have actually really added to my life, the tools, the questions, you know, all of it the right recovery for you for me, I've only become a right recovery for you facilitator in I think it was February. And um, the journey that I'm on with that right now and what I'm discovering about me and myself is just in like nearly two months is phenomenal. And so um, just to mention, because I just popped out you do
0: have your first right recovery for you class, right? A specialty yeah. topic coming up. Do you want to let
1: everyone know about that? So, the spec I do so the specialty is it 's the twenty the first of April, and it i think it 's seven p m Irish time, which is two p m eastern and um, it 's about a ninety minute to maybe two hour class it 's an intro class and it 's called Making peace with your body it 's one yeah. of the right recovery for you um intro classes. And there's about six of them there. And I'm going to, you know, start doing one every so often. And um, when it pings that energy, when it's when it's like when it's now. But I I definitely get that, you know, when we start to learn to trust ourselves, connect with our bodies, we, we start to not make anything outside of us the source. We start to go in we start to go in and actually connect to our bodies. And I see what you, with the movement, I watched a little video of you the other day with um, another girl and I actually, am not joking, you know, Amy, I watched it, I'd say 10 times. I just kept playing it and you were dancing in the center with this girl, star and you were dancing Oh with yeah! I, I watched how you dance and I was like, I actually think I can see fire in her belly. And you were like, you were just going for it. And I was like, oh my God, movement movement when we start to move our bodies mm-hmm. how much do we start to connect to all those parts and pieces you know by just even touching them
0: yeah and I have to say that was a massive part of my journey in recovery too was finding movement and ecstatic yeah. dance and five mm-hmm. that really give me more of me and just to let everyone know too like um, write recovery for you there there is a book by marilyn bradford and you can get that on amazon sue has it there it's brilliant book and it's really incredible for everyone there's so many massive gems in there um i am doing a right recovery for you book club in a couple of weeks and you can also like go to youtube there's some right recovery for you videos and go check out sue she's got she's on sue cotter on facebook nurture you with sue is her facebook page her website is above in the um description here um and 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 yeah and like And if this is this topic has spoken to you today, you know, if there's anything we've talked about that you're like, you're, you know, you'd like to know more about, like, send us a message. We're always happy to talk. And if, you know, if you're looking for someone in your area or something like that, me and Sue are both massive connectors. We'll find anywhere, anyone in any part of the world.
1: Any caller. Just ask us. We love finding people. We do. And like, it's so funny. Um, there was something that I, I found in this book, and it was, and I'm I'm looking. Here it is. Right now I found it. And before we leave, it says that which you are unwilling to be aware of owns you. Wow. And it really shows me. I read that, that means, last night. Oh I my god, I have an underlined
0: that's under the review section.
1: Yeah. Totally, right? That which you are unwilling to be aware of owns you. So if there is something that you're unwilling to look at something maybe that occurred when you were younger something that maybe that whatever that is whatever that energy is um it could have been bullying it could have been you know some assault or whatever that is if you're willing to actually look at it and you're willing to look at it from maybe as the adult you are today the like the minute you choose to acknowledge something that's where the change begins that's where the change begins You know, and it's like, yeah, I'm so I'm so excited, actually, like, because it's like, you know what, whoever sees this, please reach out and ask us because both of us are just like, you know, we'll contact each other. and We'll ask anybody if they have some, no matter where you are in the world, there's people everywhere.
0: Yeah, there really is. You just got to you got to choose it. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much, Sue Cotter. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back again next week. Bye for now.
1: See you later. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Dance to Oneness podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and don't forget to subscribe. If you'd like to know more about what I have to offer, you can find me at www.amyshine.net.